We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing the esports business. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Rebecca Dixon. Rebecca is the CEO and co-founder of The Game Hers. The Game Hers is a woman-led community dedicated to amplifying the voices of women, femme-identifying gamers, and non-binary gamers. She's also the host of the Power Level podcast on Ritual Motion. Before that, Rebecca was the Managing Director of Advertising and Strategic Partnerships at Mommy Bites. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Justin. I'm so excited to be here. My pleasure. So, you know, tell us a little about your, you know, esports and gaming experience. How'd you kind of get involved in this space? Sure. So the Gamers was launched in March of 2020. I have three co-founders and we are, we come from the world of community building. So our company prior to the Gamers was in the parenting space. And we learned a lot about building community through you know, unique content creation and engagement and all of the all of the techniques that go into creating a really um, cohesive community. And so after we sold that company, we were looking for our next, um, you know, endeavor and had some pretty strong adjacencies to the esports world. My family is involved in the ownership of MB Gaming and one of my co-founders was doing some licensing work for Al Khan, the visionary behind Pokemon. And so the two of us, as we were exploring our next um, opportunity, noticed a consistent reference to the fact that women are approximately half of gamers worldwide. And we just thought that was so interesting, being that that isn't really reflected in the media in the percentage of women in the industry, percentage of protagonists, esports scholarships, sort of any of it. And so we we did a deep dive into the community, um, into the industry and the women in the industry to find out, number one, was is it true? Number two, was anybody addressing the discrepancies? And we found a lot of really interesting data. First of all, it is true. Women do represent just under half of gamers. And certainly a lot of people were talking about it and cared. What we didn't find, though, and what we decided to take a shot at creating was a community for those women gamers in the form of a media company that 
amplify the initiatives that were happening just to sort of create a little bit more visibility around all of it. So we launched in 2020, right? The same week as COVID. And it turned out, I think, to be a really great time to launch a company in the video game industry, certainly one that focuses on women. Um, The social justice movement of 2020 gave us a lot of visibility as well. We got an early investment from Riot Games. And we really, I think we're kind of put on the map in the, the ne- that next fall when we hosted the GameHers Awards, which just went completely viral and, and had a really, really kind of a special response from the, from the industry and from, from women gamers and from supporters of women gamers. So really excited. I'm excited to be here and talk more about it, but that's the, that's the origin. Well, yeah, before we kind of get into the awards, which we'll definitely talk about. So tell us a little about, you know, your kind of day-to-day role as the CEO of the organization. You know, what's some recent work that you guys have done other than the award show? Sure. Um, well, that's, that's a big question because we're still a startup. Pretty, You know, we function as, as a startup. So day-to-day is hard to say because it's always changing. But the biggest initiative by far recently has been the launch of the GameHers app. And one thing that we found very consistently as a pain point for women who game is the ability to, to connect with other women who game. So for all of the ways that do exist to find gamers, um, you know, Discord, Twitter, none of them are, were, are, were really easy um, or free of kind of the, the, the challenges, the toxicity that exists. So for example, Discord is great if for an existing community, but it's not really meant as a place to find someone to game with. Um, and then Twitter, it, women were using it, but it, you know, it was kind of like throwing out Hail Marys. So um, it was very consistent that that need could be filled. And so we started developing an app, although we did not plan to have one when we first launched. Um, we started developing it in last summer, summer of 2020, and spent about a year um, working with our community, lots of focus groups and surveys and discussions in Discord. And it just went live two weeks ago, and it's gotten, after a phenomenal beta, um, the response has been just great because I think, you know, to this point in time, nothing exactly like it has really existed. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about it. How does it work? Does it, you know, connect to your social media account? Tells you what games you like and the hours that you game? Like, what does it look like? Yeah, you got it. So you kind of what you said, I mean, you onboard, you put in the games you like, you also put in, there are tons of different groups in it. So certainly lots of discussions around gaming specifically, but also all the other things that, that women who game might want to discuss everything from hobbies to Pets to collegiate to esports, um, careers, health and wellness, all of the sort of crossovers that exist with gaming. And it, as you obviously well know, gaming is probably has probably always had a pretty big sort of um, tie into so many other things. But but I do think gaming is sort of having its moment right now, where it's where it's everywhere. And so when you think about Women who game, they're going to not just be interested in connecting for gaming. So the app works sort of like a social network. Um, You put, you go in, you pick your games, you pick your, you know, your time zone and all that stuff. And you, you pick your categories and groups that you want to be a part of. And then you, you can just post and interact. It also has um, events. And so the in-app events are things um, like um, 
how to monetize your stream. Um, you know, there may be one on cosplay, health and wellness, just all different sorts of topics. We have we have a lot of events planned for 2022. And then the third thing is play now. So play now, you can just, you know, basically put a call to action um, to play your game. And um, of course, that's a feature that the more people who are on the app, the more um, functionality it will have. But that is that was the original sort of um, thought behind the app. And right now, it, it, the, the Play Now feature is 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 live, and and it, it's working for sure. It's all working great. But I would say the real um, success behind the app two weeks in is just the community building, because you know, gaming is in general a community builder. Um, you just have to have a place for that to happen. And so we're really excited um, that there there is such excitement around the app and. We're, we're thrilled to be able to share it to more people. And I should mention, because it's important, you know, we are a, we're Women Who Game Connect is our tagline. Um, and that's women of femme identifying, non-binary, and really all allies. So men are not only allowed, but welcome in our app. See, that's um, what I was going to ask you. Like, how do you like act as a barrier for as women only? But, you know, people that are, you know, is there a way to identify them as, you know, a certain strikes for being too toxic, you know, that kind of stuff. So we have certainly have um, a code of conduct for the app that you read when you onboard. But the biggest piece that makes this app so safe is that, and this is based very much on feedback that we got from women in our community as we were developing the app, is that women want to own their, the you know, sort of the power to, create a safe space for themselves. So if you interact with somebody on Discord, for example, who is um, creating a toxic situation, you can report it and, you know, you can get them blocked and all that stuff, but it, it takes time and the conversation doesn't go away even after you don't interact with them. In our app, it's immediate and you don't ever have to see or interact with them again. And so um, there also then is a process by which you know, the, where we certainly have in-app rules and we have very active customer service and all of that. But if you, if you personally don't want to interact with someone, then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you won't have to. So the women led security aspect of it is what is making it very appealing and successful. Amazing. I think that, you know, it's definitely going to be something I think is going to grow more and more. And, you know, as more individuals hear about it, so our listeners out there, make sure to, you know, check it out and recommend it to a friend. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what some of the stuff the organization you know does and some of their other prior work. Sure. Um, you know, we started out putting, um, putting content out and curating content that we found from women in the industry because we did find that there are so many incredible women in the industry who were already doing um, participating in some really substantial and, and, and important initiatives. So we, we always try to amplify anything that we see going on. You know, if you are aligned with the concept that there's a room for improvement for women in gaming, then we're aligned with you. And at, at the heart of what we are is, is a community, but also a media platform to, to make, to make that community more visible. So um, that's one thing we always do. We always try to really interact with the women in the industry who are 
who are making a difference. Um, examples of how we do that, other than certainly just on social media, is last year and, and coming up again this year, we have a professional career boot camp, and it's 40 women in the industry giving talks, panels, keynotes, one-on-one -on -one mentorship, everybody from streamers to C-suite level executives to um, specialists in things like, you know, LinkedIn profile um, updates and, and, you know, anything in between. You know, we like to, to talk about the esports industry as a whole and all of the different possible careers in it. So for younger women, if they're gaming enthusiasts who would like to work in the esports and video game industry, you know, that that doesn't mean you have to be a pro esports player. Maybe you will, maybe you will be that. That's great. And there are also a lot of oppor other opportunities as well. So the, the career boot camp was one of our uh, is one of our marquee events that we're very excited to bring back in 2022. And that sort of early professional, um, whether it's a streamer or somebody in the industry in you know, a variety of different career paths, you know, agencies, lawyers, PR reps, health and wellness, all of the, the tie-ins to the industry. Um, <clears throat> that, that was a big initial focus of ours and still is. That being said, it, it, was, it was pretty early on in our journey that we realized if we are going to really make a difference for women in gaming, that we need to intentionally engage in the collegiate space. And what that looks like is still kind of being developed and, and, and expanded. We have the opportunity, we have a code of conduct that colleges and leagues can sign that essentially in three pages says, be nice. But once they sign it, they have access to our, um, our logo to use as alignment with our collegiate code of conduct. And, you know, to just sort of put it out there that they're, they're hosting women-led tournaments, events, career fairs, whatever it is, that's been a really big way for colleges to grow, um, grow the number of women, especially gaming enthusiasts who, you know, they're, every school is different. Sometimes the esports program is um, in the athletic department. Obviously, you know this, sometimes it's in, in, in the, out of a, the club department, whatever it is, there are, there's often a pretty robust gaming enthusiast community that sort of sits around that esports um, program, if there even is one. And that's where there are so many women who don't always have an easy or convenient kind of way to come together in community. So that's something, you know, that some schools have taken advantage of and, and, and sort of utilized the Gamers Collegiate Program. In 2022, we're rolling out some mentorship programs. We have a job platform where we've had a, an incredible success rate of um, job placement because interestingly, so many of the companies, I mean, some of the big ones, it's in the news a lot, are don't have enough women. And what's interesting is I think most of them know that and they would like to hire women, but they put jobs out and for whatever reason, they don't get enough women applicants but then we post the jobs. And I think it's just because of the brand that we've created. We, we get tons of applicants. So it's, it's, that's another thing that we're weaving into our collegiate program as, as it expands. And then um, I think, you know, the next step for us beyond, beyond collegiate is to say, well, 
if there's if there's not a convenient and easy way for college women to gather what's happening in high school. So that's that's something that we're sort of exploring and 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 even just still kind of information gathering for for 2022 as well. At the end of the day, we you know, and I know I keep saying it, but we we want to be a resource and a community and a media platform for for women who game and almost I think a good word is normalize the fact that women game and be a place where that that the conversation around that can be centralized. Well that well that's pretty awesome. You know, I'm I'm very bullish and keen on the you know the collegiate space. So it's nice to see that you guys have really identified that as one that really could be useful. And like you mentioned, like there are a lot of you know females and you know really individuals in general that are in the college that game and you know some form it's not necessarily having to play call of duty or league of legend in order to be involved you know there's racing games there's pokemon there's all of these unique opportunities to engage and being able to reach the people that maybe aren't necessarily aware of what's going on or maybe some of the people there just interacting with aren't involved in it so it just never kind of comes up and you know being able yeah. to be that bridge i think is you know really important yeah, I think you're right. And it's, you know, it's important because especially for Gen Z, where it's not like, are you a gamer? It's it's more that gaming is 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 woven into life. And so to to not have women, you know, be in positions in companies and and have a place to kind of just do what they like to do with their friends in it in a way that doesn't seem unusual or whatever it's just it's it's a there is sort of white space for that and that's what we're we always try to find the programs that exist and lift them up amplify them celebrate them and then where that white space is kind of fill it in so interesting so i know we kind of touched on it at the beginning i want to explore a little bit more so recently the organization hosted the game her award so tell us a little about that why did you start the awards and what are some of the categories and maybe a few of the winners sure yeah so the gamers awards started as an idea um just a few months after we launched and the idea behind them was that we had we we interviewed in person and on the phone and on social media literally thousands of women um, during before and during the launch of our company. <clears throat> and, you know, there's a lot of discussion around the harassment and toxicity and the challenges for women in gaming. But we we thought there wasn't quite enough conversation based on feedback we got from all of these interviews that there wasn't enough celebration of the positives that gaming was bringing into the lives of women the positives that women were contributing to the gaming world. And so we took a tool that we had used in the parenting world around community building, which was an awards show. And, you know, sometimes there's a thought that who needs another awards show? Well, it turns out we didn't know how much it was needed, but it turns out the esports and gaming world needed another awards show because um, yes, some women were winning awards in the other award shows. And we, we love all of the award shows because there's, there's space, there's so much space for everybody. Um, but the Gamers Awards launched with 25 different categories. It was kind of five, five buckets. Um, and in each bucket, five categories. And so it was all across 
gaming, esports, industry, cosplay, content creation. And it gave um, our community an opportunity to nominate because it was it's all community nominated and voted. And there's an advisory board that exists to for two purposes. Um, one, to make sure that the people who are nominated are actually relevant in the categories that they're nominated. And then number two, the advisory board moves two um, nominees from the um, initial nominee pool to the finalists. So three are voted in and two are moved from the advisory board. And the reason for that is so that it's not completely just a popularity contest and that the, you know, the streamers with the biggest following always win. So sort of given add a little bit more opportunity for some of the up and coming um, women, but they launched last year. We had, um, what were the numbers? They they went completely viral. We ended up having 72,600 nominees and 72,000 votes and ended up on the front page of Twitch. They went viral on Twitter. I mean, they were just, it was such a moment in time for us. And I think one thing that I, it was about six months later and I was looking on LinkedIn for something and I looked somebody up and I saw the first thing they had on their LinkedIn profile was winner of the Gamers Awards. And I, I was like, gosh, what a, what a testament to the success of the awards that there's somebody who thinks that that's the most valuable thing on, on their resume to put right up the top. That, that was a, just a really a special moment. Um, that being said, that was last year. This year we had 5,000 nominees and um, 150,000 votes. So it, they were just unbelievable. And what it really shows is that the women were there. Um, they just, for some reason, weren't in the t- you know top of mind. And um, so, so we're really excited to do them again next year. I mean, we have we we have plans uh, that we're exploring for next year to do um, an in-person awards. This year, we did them virtually again, because, you know, it was still kind of right before things were opening up and we're still in this sort of unsure, unsure time in some parts of the country. Um, but we're really excited. We, we also are, are excited about the alignment that we've been able to create and have with sort of all of the pillars in the industry. One, one of the reasons that we founded ourselves as a for-profit company, not as a nonprofit, even though we have a for purpose is what we what we call ourselves because we have, you know we're very mission based, but we felt like the problem was so deep um, in the industry and in the the sort of the world that we would need resources to to you know make a change resources to do things like attend events, host the gamers awards, develop an app, and um, the other thing the resources give us the opportunity to do is to connect with all the different pillars of the industry. So that includes the publishers, the pro teams, the colleges, um, and quite frankly, also the brands. You know, brand, um, brands are a really important part of life. And it's, it's not to bring up Gen Z again, that generation um, really cares about what's behind the brands that they are interacting with and purchasing and, and using. And so it's interesting. Um, we have so many conversations with brands who are looking to enter the esports and gaming space, and what does that look like around women? Because for one thing, it's you know the right thing to do to um, 
market to women. But for another thing, for brands, it's also a pretty good business decision because, again, half of the gamers are women. So And nobody's really marketing to them. Yeah. So it's um it's been a, a, a rewarding journey so far, an ever-changing journey. I mean, you would be the first to know this, this industry is is huge. Um, but it's also, it's fragmented and complicated and it's still quite young. Um, and so we're excited to be here now and, and, you know, weave our way into as many aspects of the industry as we can to make as much of a difference as we can. Well, that sounds amazing. You know, congrats to all the winners and nominees. It definitely sounds like, you know, this year was amazing. I know there was a really interesting preview show on Sports Illustrated. So tell us a little bit about that and you know, how that come about. And I know you mentioned future plans for the show in New York, maybe LA, you know. Yeah. We're not sure yet where the show is going to be. Um, we have a few different places in mind. Um, we are virtual completely, although the four co-founders are all New York based and the, the, the biggest cohort of our team is in New York. That being said, we have pretty strong ties to Atlanta and also to Dallas. And of course, LA is incredibly important. So the where our awards actually will be next year is still to be determined. Um, we are very big believers in live events. I will tell you that. And we have a lot of plans to attend live events in 2022 because, again, contrary to the um, stereotype of a gamer a generation ago at least gaming is a communal community building event and so the excitement that we've seen when we're in person with both our community and the industry is is um, contagious so we're very excited for in-person events we plan to attend a lot of industry events speak on panels at industry events curate um, we have a concept where we have the Gamers Lounge at events. And we're just really excited to um, be able to come to life with with our partners, orgs, um, like I said, publishers, brands, and, and, our, and most importantly, our community. Um, the pre-show for the awards on Sports Illustrated was a, we have a relationship with NFL Draft Bible um, show on Sports Illustrated, and we did a six-week um, lead up where different team members from the gamers, particularly the ones who were um, actively involved in the awards, w- would go uh, go on and 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 speak to the um, you know speak on that show. And it was pretty neat because we have some people on our team who are on you know interviewed quite often on, on in di- different media platforms, but we were able to feature some of our team that's not as often interviewed. And it was people like one of our team members, Leone, is um, responsible for communicating with all of the nominees. And that, this year, that was 5,000 people. So she would really, she would receive in her, in her personal, you know, in her, in her gamers inbox, these, these incredibly heartwarming stories from women who were just so honored and excited to be nominated and um, and so she was able to share some of those on, on Sports Illustrated. And that was just a really neat moment where it kind of just humanizes the whole thing. You know, the awards is a big, um, <laughs> a big event for us to put on. And I, like I mentioned earlier, we are still a startup, so we're still figuring it out as we go and how we how we kind of produce something at that level. And 
to be able, so sometimes we're just in the day-to-day of it. Like you said before, what's the day-to-day? The day-to-day is like counting the awards votes and getting it all organized and getting everything up on the website correctly and making sure that we have all the gamer tags right and the socials. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of work that we're consistently trying to upgrade. I mean, next year, we did not expect to get 5,000 nominees. We only had 600 last year. So clearly next year we'll have a um, backend system that will handle a lot of that. But the sort of the silver lining of the, um, of doing it kind of by hand this year, it wasn't by hand, but um, in a very personal way was that we got to have real access to every single nominee. And it was, that was just a neat thing. So that was featured on Sports Illustrated. Um, and then the, the six week Sports Illustrated kind of um, journey culminated in um, Verda Maloney, who is one of my co-founders. She is one of my fourth co-founder. She, she was not a part of our old of our former parenting company, but she joined for many reasons. She's incredible. And she has a very extensive career in, in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, she's worked with a lot of nonprofits and universities and the New York city board of ed and the Gates foundation. So her experience in um, DEI is incredibly relevant to this industry. Um, and she's a gamer she has a show on our Twitch channel, and she also was the one of the hosts of the awards. And so Verda was able to um, have a conversation with Amon Green, um, who um, is a former NFL player and current esports collegiate coach. So that was just a really fun way to kick off our awards week. Awesome. Well, that all sounds amazing. And again, like I said, congrats to everyone. We're excited to see what next year holds. And, you know, in addition to all the amazing work you're doing with the Game Hers, you're also a co-host of a podcast, the Power Level Podcast on Ritual Motion. So tell us a little about that. You know, what is it and what do you enjoy most about podcasting? Sure. Um, I'm a big fan of Ritual Motion and Crystal from, from Ritual Motion was kicking around the idea of starting a podcast this fall and basically put out a call for co-hosts. And so I immediately jumped on board because I think it's great for, for a number of reasons. For one thing, I, like I said, I believe in, in ritual motion and what they're doing. They're incredible community builders as well. They've built in a very large following in a pretty short amount of time. So I, I look at them as, as somebody to watch and work with them whenever we can. And Crystal, I'm, I'm a big personal fan of as well. I also think it's just really nice to have an opportunity to sort of step out of the day-to-day. Sometimes, you know, we can all just sit at our computers all day or go call to call to call and and just kind of be grinding away at doing what we're trying to do. And so to have the opportunity, it's not unlike chatting with you right now. It's it's great to just sort of step out of that sometimes and and think about what we're doing and talk about what we're doing on a you know, on a top level and with, with Crystal, um, on, on our podcast and also Alex Hutchie is the other co-host who's also such an incredible, um, person to, to, for me to learn from and, and talk to. Um, and so we'll, we'll follow kind of current gaming news and we usually pick a topic of the week and discuss it. I mean, it, we've talked about anything from crossovers with gaming and mental health to esports, fashion and um, you know, the gamers awards. So it, it's, it's fun to, to be able to have the opportunity to do that just to kind of connect with, with, with those two women and, and, and talk about gaming and esports. 
Awesome. So is there anything that you learned new, maybe about yourself or just in general from it? From doing the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think what I, what it, one thing that it allows me to do is to, um, you know, Crystal and Alex and I all have very different backgrounds. Crystal joined Ritual Emotion. She's a, a big gamer herself and an incredible, like I said, community builder and content, right? She's a great writer. Um, but she just, she was a nurse prior to this. And, and it's like just such a neat career. And then Alex is, an, a real, is, is a, an expert on so many things. I don't even know how I would, I wouldn't accurately be able to give her um, resume right here, but she's taught me a lot. Mostly she's taught me a lot about what I need to learn. Um, she's an expert on Twitter, Twitter spaces, um, things like she wrote a, a really great article for actually for the GameHers blog. Um, and it was on working um, as, you know, not for a company as an independent contractor and, and you know, managing, managing that. And she's, you know, just a great streamer. So it's kind of neat. I think what I've learned about myself is I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a community builder and a, a startup founder. Um, and my, my professional corporate background before that is in advertising and sales. And so that's, that's where I sit. And so I've, I, I always learn what I need to, to kind of go research next after we have one of our um, podcasts, because the two of them have a totally different perspective. So it's always educational for me and, and fun to fun to interact in that way. Awesome. Well, definitely a fan of the podcast. You know, I always think, you know, my one on one is nice. But I think when you have a bunch of people talking, you have a, you know, a different dynamic, which, you know, obviously adds, like you said, everyone's opinion and knowledge and experience kind of has a different perspective on things. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and the other thing I, I'll mention just um, that I have joined recently that I'm really excited about, too, is that I just joined the board of the Esports Trade Association. And um, I don't know if you are a member of that or if your um, listeners, you know, interact with it at all, but it's it's been a really valuable resource for me over the past, um, a little bit less than a year. I just, I learned about them last year as they were gearing up for their virtual conference in March. And we pitched a two minute pitch and ended up winning the pitch competition. And that, um, the engagement with that, that organization has opened a lot of doors for us in terms of networking as a company and resources in the industry. And so I'm super excited about that and I'm leading the membership committee. So I'll put a little plug in for anybody who might be listening. Yeah. To learn more the about membership it. committee that, you know, we, we might need to talk off air. I might need to become a member, you know? Yeah, you should. It's a, it's an incredible organization. And, um, and it's it's a young organization in a young industry that needs a working trade association. So I'm excited to be, you know, jumping in on the ground floor. So yeah. So what advice do you have for anyone that's trying to work in you know, the esports and the gaming space? I think the the biggest advice I always give is um, look for people who are working in the space in jobs that you might want to have and connect with them. And one very, I think, accessible tool to use is LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been very effective for me um, in networking in our industry. Twitter as well, I know works for a lot of people too. I'm not as active on Twitter, but, you know, joining groups on in those um, 
on those networks that are esports related, um, esports and gaming related, following people that that you um, you know that you respect, and then inter- starting to interact with them, commenting on their on their posts and, and linking up with them. It's a you know the world today is I think not just in our industry but certainly especially in our industry it's very fluid between online and real life and so it's it is actually not that hard to connect with people and, and really get some value. We have one of our team members um, I met on LinkedIn. She I was hosting an event a networking event in Dallas. She reached out and said, I saw you're in Dallas. I'd love to connect. I really want to work in esports. And I invited her to our networking event and she was working for us the next Monday. So, you know, it can happen. It's not that rare. Um, I get direct messages all the time from people on LinkedIn that are really relevant and valuable. Um, and I respond to them and I find that other people respond to my messages, assuming that they are, you know, relevant and thought and well thought out. So that's, networking with people that you are, would you know would like to work or you'd like you might like to have their job one day i think that's a that's a really good um you know a good start i think a lot of a lot of companies have internships a lot of companies are open to internships that aren't even official so that's another thing if you're working somewhere full time but you'd be open to working let's say like 5 to 10 hours a week just to learn about a company like offer that and see what they say um because a lot of companies I know would say yes, especially, you know, companies that are startups. And there are tons of startups in this industry. I would almost say most companies in the industry are startups. And then I think the final thing I would say is now that things are opening up for the most part, going to um, industry events, I think is a valuable piece of advice because they're, that's where that's where the people are. And so it feels like a hard industry to enter when you're not in it, but the, the accessibility of the people in it is, is pretty, it's pretty open. I think that's amazing advice. I mean, I I know as someone who's an avid LinkedIn user that you definitely can connect with people. And, you know, if you, you know, are relevant and come at them correctly, you can potentially open up these doors. I think that's important for everyone out there to kind of really realize and embrace. A hundred percent. Um, and I'll state on this podcast as well. If anybody listening wants to DM me, I'm 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 very accessible. I respond um, because I believe in I believe in mentor mentorship and and um, you know just career building for for women and anybody who wants to get in the industry. So that that would be my advice. Well, everyone take Rebecca up on that. I definitely, you know, think she has some great knowledge to impart. So what's your favorite part about working in the space? I have a lot of a lot of parts that I like about it, but I think one of the most rewarding things for me about working in this space is that as I mentioned before, we are a, a for purpose company, right? I mean, we're a company. We want to um we are we're revenue driven so that we can use that revenue to um, make change. And it's been rewarding that the industry is really open to what our purpose is. I think it's clear that there is room for improvement. It's clear that there's, you know, harassment and toxicity at some places and not equal job opportunities. But it's also clear that most people want to 
want that to change and are a little bit over just talking about it. You know, they, they want to actually. And they're a little embarrassed by it, to be honest. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's nice. It's nice that the conversations are happening. And I think that I look forward to 2022 to even see some of some change being implemented. I think, um, you know, examples of, of places where, where there could be still more change. Um, We host a lot of talks at conferences and on on women in the space on diversity inclusivity um and i will say that when we host those talks it is usually um women who are attending them it's some men but not many so that would be one place for improvement but that being said some of our greatest supporters of the game hers are um some men in the industry who've been just incredibly um vocal about their support for what we're doing. And, you know, you can point to a few different orgs who are really not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. And some of them are led by women and some of them are led by men. So my favorite part of the industry is the, is my positive feeling about the fact that what we're, what we're trying to accomplish at the gamers is actually attainable. Um, And that, but only attainable with the sort of the buy-in from everybody, you know, to say we the change is needed, so let's do it. Amazing. So, I mean, it definitely sounds like you guys are on the right track. So to conclude, what's the future for the gamers, both in the short term and the long term? You know, where are you trying to go from here? Well, as I mentioned earlier, our app just launched. So the, the, the near future is that we would love um, everybody to download our app because that's where – we can easily um, connect and engage and really implement all of the things we've been talking about. The boot camp I mentioned before, it was on Twitch last year and that was great. But when we can host it in the app, we can have a lot more interaction. Same thing, even with the awards, there's so much we can do in the app. So in our goal for sort of the next year is to really share, share the word about the app, get more people on it. We have a lot of people on it already but the more people who are on it, the more effective it will be in community building. Um, we are also, as I mentioned, rolling out, continuing to roll out our collegiate programming. And so I think, you know, anybody who is listening, who touches the collegiate space, I would certainly love to connect with because we have so many benefits and, and ways to engage on that level. And then beyond that, we're just always looking to continue to align with organizations that are that are aligned with our mission. So the the long term for us is just to keep doing that um, and to keep kind of amplifying the great things that are happening um, and 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 find the other people who are doing that. So thank you so much for having me. This it's, it's been really fun to talk and, and and share share the message about what we're doing. It was my pleasure. You know, thank you for joining us. So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can, where can they connect with the gamers? Sure. I am, uh, my email is Rebecca at the And then everywhere else, uh, the gamers is just at the gamers with an H. So T H E G A M E H E R S. So we, and I am also Rebecca Dixon on LinkedIn which is where I am most active. So feel free to reach out to us any of those places. The Gamers app is in um, it's in the App Store and it's 
I be, it's in the Google Play Store. It was having a little issue in the Google Play Store for a couple of days, but I think it should be back today. So um, that's it. Come find us, connect. And again, I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q check Apple podcasts for all our past episodes.